0: Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Rains, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Hello, Masterpiece Women. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. Today, we have Dr. Andrea Hazim with us, and our topic is bloom where you're planted. So I really believe that so many times... Women think that if I am doing this, then I'm successful. I'm doing this, I'm successful. I can be happy when I get here. And um, I wanted Andrea to come and share a little bit about um, really, you know, combating those thoughts because they're not—they're not truth. Those are lies that the enemy puts in our brains. And I remember as a single mom um, going to women's ministry events and just never feeling like. I quite fit in because I was a businesswoman and I was a, um, you know, I worked and I was single. I was divorced on top of it. And all these moms in there were doing homeschooling and they were, you know, staying home with their kids, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just such a, you know, the enemy works from both sides, right? Because then I talked to people who stayed home with their kids and were like, yeah, I don't feel like, you know, I really accomplished a lot, but wow, did you accomplish great things because you raise your kids. So, and you're home with them and you're teaching them and yeah. you're pouring into them. Right. So Andrea, I yeah. would love for you to share a little bit about what your journey was. Cause I love your story, how you were able to bloom right where you were planted. You did all this <laughs> education and you didn't, use it exactly the way you thought you would use it, but yet you used it and God used you mightily. So I would love for you to share your story and a few practical ways that women can really um, get to the next level in that season of caring for
1: their kids at home. Wow. Well, there's a lot in that, a lot. Uh, The bloom where you're planted, that's so perfect because honestly, you know, as women, if you're moms, if you're wives, even being a daughter or a sister or a friend or a coworker or a boss, if you're an entrepreneur, being a serving leader is very much about dying to self and preferring others above yourself. Well, where better than in motherhood, right? So a little bit about my story. In, when I was 19, I moved to England. And well, I just wanted an adventure. I had gone to college for a year and a half for computers and it was not a fit for me. So I was like, well, I just want to see the world. So I moved to England while I'm there. And I was very involved in self-teaching myself about health and nutrition. That was a passion. And go to England, become a massage therapist. Come back, this is 1988. The world was not really ready for holistic stuff. That wasn't a thing. So I ended up going to the Art Institute for film and TV and all that, transferred to UM, continued photography, broadcasting. Then I met a chiropractor who said, you're gonna be a chiropractor. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm gonna travel the world, do photography. He's like, no, you have good hands. Remember, I was a massage therapist. You're a woman, we need you in the, in the field. And he would not leave me alone. I said, fine, if I visit the school, will you like stop? He said, yes. So I flew off to Georgia, Life University, As soon as I walked on that campus, I had a knowing that I was supposed to get back on the path for health for a career. So, okay, so left film, TV broadcasting behind. Now I'm about 23 and um, starting like kind of full circle back to health and nutrition that I got into at 16. But really, it was a part of my journey with my walk with the Lord. I was raised Catholic. Came to faith, my mom got saved when I was a teenager, but still like as a teenager, you're like, what? What are you talking about? And but God was knocking on my heart to make him my Lord. And this was the moment where I said, okay, I'm gonna ask God's opinion. God, do you want me to be a chiropractor? Okay. (laughs) Cause if you do, you're gonna open all the doors and you're gonna shut all the doors. And that's exactly what happened. And that became a seven-year journey, two bachelors in nutrition and a doctorate in chiropractic. You could say I was geared up, ready to open my first practice. I drew it. We had classes where you would kind of dream the layout and how your employees would answer the phone and you know all the practice management. I couldn't wait. It was going to be a pediatric practice. I couldn't wait. Well, Little did I know that right before I graduated, and I was the mission trip junkie, like every break <laughs> I went on missions. Well, this was a chiropractic mission, and I met my husband. Wow. So I graduated chiropractic school, newlywed and pregnant. And oh my gosh, that wasn't the vision at all. So Okay, but I did want to be a mom and a wife, of course, but how do you juggle it all? And this is where I want to encourage women because, you know, you don't know what to do. And I work with a lot of youth now, and you'll hear them saying, oh, I don't want to have kids, or, you know, I I don't want to give money to be raising children, or I don't want to, like, have a man tell me what to do, or younger and younger generations, they're all about themselves, Mm-hmm. Truly, you know, I'm sure you noticed that, you know, with the selfie, I called Selfie Nation. I want to write a book called Selfie Nation. It's all about the wait, hold on, the duck lips. Oh, that wasn't good. Let me do it again, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was selfie Nation. But, um, you know, I had to reconcile that because here I am. So we moved from Georgia to Florida. We opened up the dream, beautiful practice. I had a whole kid zone, stuffed animals, toys, a mural on the wall. I mean, it was ready. But I wasn't there because then I had another baby and another baby. And I didn't want to just like stick them in daycare or whatever. And so and my husband wasn't requiring me to work to cover our life. And he said, no, you could be a stay-at-home mom if you want to. Even the term stay-at-home mom, you know, it was so, God was just working on me, you know, lay it down. Your time will come. Don't worry. Well, what did I do in the meantime? So this is funny. i will make you laugh. I remember taking the stroller and going to the office, right? I own the office, you know, my husband and yeah. I, but people, the patients didn't, a lot of them didn't know me. And I remember sitting there and hearing one of the patients whisper to the other one, go, that's Dr. Jeff's wife. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's so interesting. That's an identity crisis. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now it was a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I love not having to have office hours. I love popping in for staff meetings and running it and doing leadership. I loved all that, but I didn't like hearing that's Dr. Jeff's wife kind of like when you're a mom and you go, Oh, you're Johnny's mommy. Yeah. That's I'm Johnny's mommy. You know, like who am I? And you really have to come to that place where it was like back to the throne. Okay. God, I want to hear your voice. What is my purpose? Mm -hmm. And he was so gracious during those years of being a stay-at-home mom. I, um, I did some home work from home. I had two different, you know, businesses and did really well. And, Um, change a diaper and do a fax back in the days of faxing, you know, and it was fun. You know, it was dynamic. I had women working with me and we would go out of town for a conference and it was really fun. My husband never like limited me and said, don't do that. Whatever. He, he was like my cheerleader. He definitely never held me back. So I got to bloom where I was planted. You know, I was making money. I felt independent. Um, I felt like my skills of teaching and networking and lifting and training leaders was all being used, even though I was in the thick of it of, you know, play dates and diapers and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, how many times and do you I, hear stay home mom say, well, Yeah, I've, I'm jealous. You get, you get to go accomplish something. And I don't, I remember I'd have, and I would be jealous of them. And it was like this, you know, the women that were out working wish they could be home. And I remember one year I paid off all our debt. When I was, I was a young mom, had two small kids, my first two children, I paid off all the debt. I was going to stay home. I lasted six weeks and I was, <laughs> I, I guess I just wasn't strong enough in my faith or something in that season. Um, although I do believe God had other plans for me, but I stayed home for six weeks and it drove me crazy. Um, after about six weeks, I was like, okay, um, I had, had literally had an offer to start a healthcare staffing company to go do some shifts. So I started, I had done some shifts and I had said no originally. And then um, I was just... I was so bored, I said, okay. I'll just I'll just help you part-time. And immediately that's when I went back into work, and that was really my calling. And I look, you know, look at yourself, Andrea. Like, think about how God uses us and grows us and pills back those layers in the place that we're planted, like you described. And we can bloom, yeah. you know. So many women feel like, well, if I'm staying home, I can't work. Well, yeah, you now especially. You can do something, even if it's part-time, Put when the kids go yes. to bed in the mornings, when they take their naps, even if it's a few hours a day, if you're wanting to bring in finances, there's so many different ways you can do that. Um, but yet you really need to, like you said, seek God, what is he calling me to do in this season? Because right. you accomplished a lot during that season, even though you weren't quote unquote, working as a doctor, you were, I mean, you were doing so much. Yes.
1: And it was so rewarding too, you know, honestly, I loved being with women. I loved teaching. For me, what I know I'm fulfilling my purpose when I'm able to teach or share something and I see the little twinkly lights in somebody's eyes where they go, oh, and they got a nugget that, you know like it doesn't take much for a paradigm shift. Like think about a ship, the rudder on the ship if it changes one degree, it puts you in a completely different trajectory for the future. Absolutely. So, you know, you may think you're not making this huge impact, but you are like you you never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. You really don't know. So to encourage those ladies who are a stay-at-home mom, those children are your legacy. They're your Absolutely. impact into the world. And I'll tell you another like continuation of the story. Uh, so my oldest, I have three sons. My oldest was in third grade. They were both in a private Christian school, all three of them. And so I had like third grade, first grade pre-K. And that meant the next year, the pre-K would be in kindergarten, it would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have from eight to three to what, what am I get? Wow. I could go to the gym. I could go to the office. I, I can't, I was looking forward to it. I couldn't wait. Well, my older son, um, The school wanted to fail him and label him. And I said, oh, my goodness, I need to get some testing done and see what's going on. Well, long story short, God was calling me to homeschool. Mm. That was not in my radar. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, lo and behold, little did I know God was going to call me to homeschool. That was definitely not in my plan, but I was able to bloom where where I was planted. And that's where God was planting me. So I wanted to be obedient to the calling. I ended up homeschooling, not just one, but all three of the boys. And it was such a blessing because the co-op that we joined that you go one day a week, you get all your lessons and somebody teaches it. I became the teacher. So I was making money from doing that. I got to be a leader and leading mommies that were in my class and teaching them how to teach their children. And it became the most beautiful journey, which has led me to where I am today. Because if it wasn't for that, and God uses everything. So there's nothing, no scraps, right? When you see the beautiful tapestry and you turn it over and all the knots and the the rope looks crazy, but then you turn it back and it's this masterpiece, like we are, Mm -hmm. Masterpiece Women. Absolutely. It's amazing. Well, it felt like a mess at times, but now where I am today, and um, part of my background that I didn't say is that I started an educational foundation in 2015 to train young leaders because I fell in love with them in the homeschool world and I wanted to keep it going and I was growing me. And here's a tip for you ladies, like how to really focus on how to bloom where you're planted. For me, it looked like getting a hold of amazing tools for personal growth and development, which of course leads into spiritual maturity, that you can't separate the two. And one of the best tools for me was learning personality types, uh, love languages, of course, and really understanding how our words matter. Because, you know, we have that self-talk and we tell ourselves lies all the time. Like Tina, at the retreat, you did an amazing session on the lies we believe. You know, we believe we're not pretty enough. We're not smart enough. Uh, we don't have enough connections. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have the right clothes. All we don't have enough followers on Facebook. That is all a lie. Exactly. And I don't know why you. It's all a lie. I don't know why we believe these lies. So when I say words matter, this is something that I've practiced in my own life and have taught the teenagers. At oh, I actually I'll show you the card. We have this, it says, I don't know if you could see it on the camera. It says the greatness I see in you. Have you ever looked at yourself and said the greatness I see in you to you? So that's difficult, right? It's difficult. And so like a practical activity like this, which is really meant they gave them to each other. And now it's like a stationary set where we use these It says words matter. And then there's like 16 different ones, but to do it for yourself. And that's the activity. When I speak, I like people to do it to themselves. So what was that look like? Well, let's say, you know, you have a weakness like, oh, I can't get up in the morning or oh, I overeat. Or, oh, I overeat. or when I get upset, I go hide and I eat chocolate in the closet. Like, let's get real. Okay. Mm-hmm. I found myself in the closet doing that. So let- <laughs> let's say there's I'm a not the only load. one. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> right. Honestly, like- <laughs> I was at my friend's yesterday and we were leaving. She goes, oh, do you need a drink or anything? I, I need chocolate. You got chocolate around here? <laughs> Mine's but now chips I've- and salsa. <laughs> this is salsa. So to, to think about those things that you want to reverse, it's always like the flip side. Any strength on the other side is a weakness, right? Yeah. And I learned that with my personality type because I have a strong driver type activator achiever multitasker but that's not so good when i'm in relationship with like my son who's a sweet listener chill no hurry up at all in him and i tend to want to be like come on come on come on and he just feels crushed so i've had to learn how to take the strengths and keep them a strength and speak to the weaknesses so if i have let's say a weakness that i know is um Let's, I'll just make it up like um, laziness. Okay. That's not mine. I was going
0: to say that's definitely not yours, but (laughs) it's it's not mine.
1: I did strength finders and my top two are activator and achiever, which anybody in my family knows if I put my mind to it, it's going to happen and it's going to happen now. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Not tomorrow. So let's just say laziness. Well, if I want to practice the greatness I see in myself, I would write the greatness I see is, uh, diligence, um, self-starter, uh, you know, activator. And I would sign it and I would date it and I would find a scripture to wrap it up like a bow. And I would say it to myself every day for 30 days. Absolutely. You well, you know that- the, the latest studies,
0: what's interesting about that, the latest studies by neurologist, Carolyn Leaf, says it actually takes three sets of 21 days of you yeah. actually saying it. And she suggests yeah. you write it down and that you write those truths and, um, what it is you want to be those, um, attributes that you're describing for right, what 63 days. And you do it every single day. That's what it takes to actually truly change a habit. And That's most right. of what we do and what people don't realize is we it's habitual, like we yeah. just go, think about like when you're driving a car, you're on the highway and you're just driving and you're like deep in thought, all that. And then all of a sudden you, you it's like weird moment. Of, oh, how did I get here? Cause you just, you go into autopilot and that's right. the way we live our lives. And sometimes that autopilot is not a good pilot. We need, most of the time it's not. We really need to be focused on the truths and the words that matter, like you said. Yeah, So important.
1: You know, when you're dealing with habits, like I like what you said about, uh, you know, getting rid of bad habits, we're creating a new habit. If you find you have a bad habit, like let's just say eating and and that's really like not self-care. I know we've talked about self-care in the past, Tina. Self-care is not abusing yourself. Like I remember one time I was feeling a little frustrated with my husband, a conversation. We weren't really gelling, you know, when you have to agree to disagree. And I was like, looked down and I had a bag of chips in my hand. And I was just eating them like this. And I was like, wow, look what I'm doing. I am not hungry. I am frustrated and I'm abusing myself out of that frustration and using food, you know? So instead of that, when we get, when we want to create a new habit and we, we need to get rid of an old habit, the best way to do that is to replace it with a new good habit.
0: Absolutely.
1: Like, it's like driving out a nail. You ever see that? Like when a nail is too far in and you can't use the hammer, you can take another nail, put it on it and drive that other nail out. And now you have the new nail in place.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, when all those lies that the enemy tries to trap us with with those triggers and for those of us, you know, who've gone through any kind of trauma, which most of us have that's the, that's the trigger that gets us is the self-worth. But what I found very interesting at our retreat, even is we had all those women there, they were all strong leaders. They all had great relationships with the Lord. And yet the majority of them shared, they felt like they didn't belong or they weren't seen. And that is a common lie that the enemy traps us in. And, um, You know, when um, you're a stay-at-home mom, for instance, or even just being a mom, sometimes in general, you feel like you're not seen. you're doing, 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 but nobody appreciates it. Nobody cares. I'm not making an impact. Well, let me tell you, moms, for you that have little, little ones, now that I'm, that they're grown and you have those adult conversations, my daughter was at the retreat with me. We had some really deep, beautiful conversations. You're like, oh, it did matter. And like you said, the words matter because some of the things that she says and some of the key things I remember that propelled me, I remember my mom, we had nothing. We lived in poverty, but yet she said to me, we're driving by this farm, has this beautiful mansions. Tina, you're so smart. If you work hard, you can have any one of these homes. And it was (laughs) funny because the first time I bought my multimillion dollar home, she's like, I told you you know, in those words, I believed it because she said it and she said it over and over. You can get out of poverty basically, because if you have to believe in yourself and work hard. Um, And I had a lot of brokenness to get through, but it was interesting because those are the words I remember. And I remember one of my coaches telling me when I sat out a semester before I went to college, you'll never make it. You'll never succeed because you're you are taking a semester off and not going straight to college he and i started to believe that for a period of time and went no so words i love that you emphasize so much the words matter because words are so powerful and those lies we believe are are so powerful but you've got to replace them with the truth because they they don't go away unless
1: you replace them with the truth so. You know, uh, this has become such a tradition with the the teens who come to Identify Impact. That's our summer intensive. They now, and I was with some of my alumni last night, and they say, you know, they call me Aunt Ange, which is so sweet. They're like, Aunt Ange, we still do the, wor- the greatness I see in you at the dinner table, at birthdays. It's a tradition. And it was actually one of my... Um, Uh, advisors who said, I need to turn it into a stationary pack because they were seeing the impact in the young people. And then it trickled into the families. But imagine as parents, if we were to number one, do it for ourselves. Number two, how about you drop that note in your husband's, you know, whatever, in his car, or um, you just sent them out. So yeah. that's why I took the time. Look, they're so cute. They're they're really beautiful. They're so sixteen different ones. Oh my gosh! So ones. And I'm
0: sorry you they on are. the podcast can't see them because they're so gorgeous. I have a pack as well. They're beautiful. They're so lovely, and I've used them actually. I love them. Yeah. So it's well, important what would be the to, one to practice them. As we're we're um, running out of time on our call, um, what would be the one tip you'd give those moms that are just struggling? with their identity, like something they can do on a daily basis to just really help them get to the next level and break through those barriers?
1: For me, it's the words and using God's word. I know at the retreat, Tina, you gave out a sheet that had affirmations that are based in the word of God. There's an incredible book that changed my life when I was a young believer called Victory Over Darkness. By Neil Anderson, and if you look in that book, you could find even the PDF download online. Um, There's pages of scripture, like "I am seated in the heavenlies, I am joint heir with Christ." Like you, when you start to really eat that and feed that spirit and soul man with the truth of who you are—a masterpiece, God's beautiful daughter, a princess, a daughter of the King—not in a silly Disney way, in a true royalty and you know that you know, like you know your name, you are God's daughter, you hold your head a little different. You live different and you go, you know what, that's not for me, including your thoughts. So if there's anything I could tell you, it's get a hold of a list and say it regularly, even record it and listen back or however you need to get it in you. But that's my top tip to do
0: yeah i i love that because that has changed my life completely when we did the think and grow rich um with the biblical application last fall even one of the moms talked about how she went with her kids at the dinner table and they started talking about the truths and repeating them and um he said to her mom so-and-so said something to me and i was having this bad thought and i remembered what you said and so i captured it and I changed it and I told myself the truth and it went away. And I thought, yay, (laughs) you know, because it's so important and I do believe we've got to teach our next generation to do this early. So I teach my daughter that and even regarding human trafficking, you know, everyone that knows me knows I'm very passionate about helping to end it. And um, there was a speaker and they talked about the um, children How the ones that they prey on, they go to the mall and this little daughter, this young lady, they teach these really cute boys how to like flirt with them. And if they respond, like they cower their heads or they, you know, they look down or they don't accept that compliment by just complimenting them. If they aren't confident, they go after them. And so I came home and my daughter's about 11 or 12 and I said, "Um, You are so beautiful. And she goes, well, thanks. I know. You know, like she just kind of, <laughs> her shoulders stood back as she said it. And I was telling her about these and she just, she goes, wow. You know, and it was never thought to her, like, am I confident? But at 11 and 12, she knew a lot. She'd climb mountains to raise money herself. She raised more than I did. One of our climbs in South wow. Africa, she raised like $15,000 wow. for the projects. And she said so she was very into it, but she never thought of it, And she's like, no, I know I'm beautiful. She goes. I don't mean it arrogantly. I don't mean it like I don't mean like bad. No, an
1: identity. Like she it knew is. is. She Who knows she is. she's.
0: She knows she's smart. She knows she's beautiful, and she still struggles. Like she'll tell tell me, you know, sometimes I have these thoughts, and I just have to remind myself. But I yeah. see the difference in her at this young age. She's eighteen. And the decisions that she's making, and she hasn't been perfect. She's a teenager, obviously, but wow, compared to where I was at at that age, I, it just, it blows my mind. And I know a lot of it is because of the intentionality of healing number one and fighting those lies because it's so valuable. So I, I'm with you to me. That's like my number one thing. That's what I feel like the message to the world needs to be, which is why we're doing this masterpiece women is we want. Everyone to know they are a masterpiece. And then, how do you live in that and do it authentically? Because even I know I'm beautiful. I know I'm his daughter. I know I'm intelligent. I know all these things. I can say them, but do
1: I really know them? Right. You know, and that's got to know like you know your name. Yeah. I I love what you shared about your mom speaking that over you and casting a vision for you to say you can have any of this. That's amazing. Honestly, that's amazing. You 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 had poverty as far as finances, but you had wealth as far as what was seeded into you. It's funny because I had the opposite. I mean, we weren't wealthy, but I didn't. I wasn't homeless. I didn't. You know, we were not in poverty. But my mom never said, "I'm proud of you," or "You could do it." Put anything you put your mind to. She would say opposite kinds of things. And it wasn't until I was in my thirties that somebody looked me in the eye and said. How can I make your dream come true, which was to help young people because it's important And it was it went right to my heart like no one's ever said that to me before. Wow. And it spurred me on to do what I'm doing because how could That's I not? Beautiful. like this person believes in me. Yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah 100%. and we I, really quick, I just want to tell you, I did an assembly at a school called Words Matter, and we were talking about sticks and stones will break my bones, right? you know the nursery yeah. rhyme. Yeah. And how it's a lie that it doesn't matter, that it doesn't hurt. And I said, who has the courage to come up here and share what has hurt them? And this girl, and this is for you moms out there, because I don't, I, I want to guard against this. I, I be, let's be the moms like Tina's mom. But this girl comes up and she said, every day my mom tells me I'm worthless. Ah, oh, heartbreaking. And I got to have the opportunity to lead all the students into practicing the greatness I see in you. I said, okay, we're gonna reverse it. And about six classmates raised their hands, stood up and spoke life into her. And it was uh, incredible, incredible to cool. see, like your daughter said, I'm confident. You know, That's what we need to do. Our, we may think we're good parents and we are, we love our children, but we don't tell them enough. And if we wanna change future generations, it's also going to change us too. Cause when you practice kindness by giving those words of life that matter and reversing yeah. lies, you don't know what lies your kids are believing. And if they're in their phones like this, you don't know the world they're in. You exactly. don't know the comparison. You don't know if they're being bullied unless you take that phone and spend some time with it, which some parents don't do that. I encourage you to do that. Or you're not going to know who your child is. Yeah. They need to hear those words that matter. And and we need to hear it. So do it for yourself, do it for your families.
0: I love it. I agree a hundred percent. Well, thank you for your time and your wisdom. And I just love how God uses you with the youth and with the women and just in families, right? Because as we grow, then we take that to our families and it builds our marriages because we're confident in who we are. So we don't expect more out of, other people in our relationships and that's a whole nother story. We'll talk about spouses another day, but thank you for being with us. And um, we love you girl. And we'll, we'll, um, catch you on the next one. Thank you everyone for being with us. Have a great day.